What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Raised to Geek podcast, where geek is all we speak. This is our Loki number one limited series, where we talk all about episode one of Loki, now streaming on Disney+. And by we, I mean Chris. And Don. Let's do it! You can laugh. (laughs) (laughs) And that's some bug show y'all with WGIF. That's right, Don. That's right, Don. It is Friday night, and we are together. Usually we're recording in the middle of the afternoon, and we got the sunshine. Here we're coming at the end of a work day, and after you and I have both been up since 5 o'clock in the morning and put in full shifts of work, rubbing the sleep from the eyes, we are up, we're drinking, we are ready to talk Loki episode one, because we're pumped. How's it going, man? Chris, what is up, man? Yes, everything you just said, I agree with. I had a nice little nap after a long Friday, uh, getting all my Loki thoughts together, dreaming about Loki and all his mischief. Timekeepers. Yeah, all of it. Uh, This is a little different, us recording here in the evening instead of usually our normal Saturday, but we had to get in here and get our Loki thoughts in while they're all fresh and... um, yeah, do this Loki episode separate from our normal stuff because there's just too much to talk about to try to jam this into everything else. So Loki deserves his own his own time, his own slot, and we're here for it. We're here for all of it. Let's give it to him, man. Let's give it to him. Normally, we're playing video games Friday night. We like to jump in some Warzone. We've been yeah. Avengers. We're getting text messages from, from people going, where are you guys? You guys sleeping? What's going on? And it brought up a really interesting question that I had in my head, because as, as everyone knows, because I've mentioned on the show a couple of times, I've been playing the shit out of Far Cry 5. Yes. And I had a quick question for you. Open world games. How do you yeah. approach open world games to, to get through them? I know, I know neither one of us are like huge Grand Theft Auto open world people. But I mean, yeah. when you fall into an open world game, how do you do you try to accomplish everything? Do you just mainline the story? Like... What is your strategy? I just I'm trying to figure out a strategy for this open world game because it's massive. There is like to me two definitions of open world game. There's two different kind of open world games, I guess. Good question, by the way. I like that question. Thank you. Um, In honor of different... Friday night games, you know. Sure, sure. Um, I mean, I would say there's two, like I said, two different type of open world games. Um, ones that are completely 100% open where you can literally go and do anything. But then there's games that are called open world, but are still a little more confined. Um, Do you have examples of either one? That's what I'm trying to think of right now. Like one, I'm trying to think of ones I played recently. Um, I played through all of um, spider-man miles morales and i guess people say that's an open world game but i feel like that's a smaller confined open world game because there you can go anywhere on that map and do whatever you want but when i think of a true open world game like you mentioned grand theft auto or one more recent to me is red dead redemption which was just so massive like 
Spider-Man, if you wanted to get from one side of the map to the other side of the map, you could do that pretty quickly. It takes a minute, but it's still pretty quickly. In Red Dead Redemption 2, if you wanted to get from one side of the map to the other side of the map, you had to set aside some time. Yeah. Like or or do a fast travel. But if you seriously just rode on horseback, you could be like no, I, for, I remember hearing things it was like almost twenty minutes just to get across the map. Yeah, it could take you twenty minutes to get across the map. So that's crazy. The way and I finished both of those games with Red Dead Redemption being that big, to answer your question, what I did was at, at some point I had to I had to stop doing the little side missions no matter how fun they were unless it like just jumped out to me as something oh this is a must do must play thing i have to do this and just at some point like you get to the idea like man i just got to finish this game (laughs) i just got to keep advancing so there came a point there where i was just going doing the main story missions that would advance the story like give you those cut scenes that know you let you know you know you're getting somewhere you're progressing uh yeah, why are you running? You're running into that issue. Yes, with... it's just okay. the map is massive. There's so much. I've already been playing. I don't even know. I'd have to look at the hour count, but I've been playing for a while. I just finished yesterday. I finished one section, and the the map is broken up into three sections. You have like three bosses that you gotta defeat before you can get to the main boss. So you mm-hmm. have to basically complete. So I've completed one section, and I'm working on the second one now. And I'm like. I mean, it's nice because all of the little things that you do, so the little side missions, just stuff you come across, all of that fills up the bar, as I mentioned, to like get closer to the boss. So, I mean, everything that you do do does help you get closer. So if you don't do a bunch of story missions, but blow up a bunch of like forts, you still are pushing, you know, you're still progressing. But it's just mm-hmm. like, man, if you do the story missions, you progress a lot faster. So I'm, I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm like, I think I'm going to mainline the story and then I'm going to come back around like if i finish the game and just want more then i know there's side missions and fetch quests and other stuff but i'd like to get through the game before i burn myself out yeah it's probably a good idea i mean it it just depends on what kind of it just depends on what kind of gaming experience you're looking for some people want to immerse themselves in you know 100 hours of a game before finishing it and some people rather just you know see it through and um either either move on or or whatever so yeah, yeah ghost ghost of tishima i played the shit out of that game i mainlined because i hit a point where i was like i just need to get this game to end i just need to get the story finished i finished the story and then i still spent like another three days just like pretty much 100 percenting the map like well let me get all the forts and let me get all this and let me get and i still kind of did a lot and put a lot of hours post game just because it was so damn fun so just was curious yeah just a good, good luck my friend yes yes it's a, it's a good time so but we're here to talk about loki and there was mc mcu news that broke today about black widow and it's something that we actually talked about before because as we mentioned before and we've talked about it is going to be a uh, disney plus premiere for the $30 where you can rent black widow the same day it shows up in theaters but today they put up the pre-order uh, screen or ad in disney plus and on those ads as we've said we were waiting to see what it was going to say it shows that it's going to be available for all disney plus subscribers on october 6th so we do now know when black widow is just gonna be streaming on disney plus so then the question is and i already know the answer because we pretty much already said it can you wait till october 6th to watch it for free don no probably not um 
End of story. Let's move. end of story. <laughs> yeah, no, July, August, September, October. That's four four months. Um, I'm. I mean, I just I want it. I want it before then. Yeah. And money's not an issue to me really to spend on my entertainment if it's something I want to do. So I'm not worried about the you know the price of a movie ticket or the thirty dollars. Um, You're spending thirty I, either way. Yeah. So I I just want to consume it probably closer to the time it releases not maybe not necessarily you know the day it comes out but still um i just want to i just want to it's been so long since a marvel movie um bumped, man. yeah I, I we haven't seen marvel outside of these disney plus shows in the theater or or a feature film in over a year so it's 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 time man i'm not gonna i won't be waiting when the october 6th free watch comes i'll just watch it again free of charge you know that that's my way to watch it again so yeah i i assume you feel the same way oh yeah there's a good chance somewhere that opening weekend i'll just be at the movie theater because what the hell yeah but speaking oh what you got no yeah i was just gonna say i see all the i see all the marvel movies even the ones i'm not as pumped about uh in the theater so Black Widow probably won't be any different. Exactly. I mean, it's a streak. I think I've seen almost every one in theaters. I can't even remember if I've missed one. The only one I know I missed in theaters was Doctor Strange. Weirdly enough, I don't know why I didn't go see that one. Uh, but I didn't see that one until home viewing. And it turned out to be one of the, one of the ones I liked a lot. So, yeah. Spider-Man Homecoming, I didn't go see in theaters. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just wasn't ready for another Spider-Man. <laughs> It's like yes. I can't do another Spider-Man. Uh, yeah, one I missed. And then when I watched it, I was like, "Man, that was fun and would have been fine." But for whatever reason, I just can't get hyped for the Spider-Man movies. Because even Far From Home, I was like, "Whatever, I don't want to watch this movie." And then I did, and I loved it. And I went and saw it in the theaters a second time. Yep, there you go. But we're here, and everybody listening is going, "Come on, guys." We're here to talk about Loki. Loki, to Loki. kid on the block, and everybody is ready to give their opinion on Loki. And Don, we haven't talked about this yet, so I am pumped to hear your opinion on Loki. So what you got, man? What do you think of Loki? Worst thing you ever saw? Worst thing I ever saw. What have they done? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Uh, Loki, I welcome you with open arms into my viewing schedule. Uh, welcome back to Marvel Studios after a long six-week hiatus. Felt longer, but um, yeah, episode one of Loki. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I like what they got going. Um, I just think it's a long-awaited show for a lot of us, and and it might be another one where people didn't exactly know what they're getting into. Um, because you couldn't tell much from from the trailers and the synopsis is what the show is going to be. But uh, I'm a big fan of everything in episode one, man. I was highly entertained. Uh, yourself, same, yeah. I, I was, assume. Well, I was I was highly entertained. I, I enjoyed everything. I'm an Owen Wilson mark. So Owen Wilson doing his shtick is entertaining for me. So, I mean, that just adding him with Tom Hiddleston doing his Loki shtick. And it's just, it's gold. I really enjoyed that aspect of it. I wish we would have gotten two episodes. 
this first episode, there was a lot in it, and we're going to break it down a little bit, and we're going to talk some, you know, about some Easter eggs. And they, I mean, they put some love in it, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to hate on that. Um, just from previous conversations we've talked on this show, and we've talked personally, and a lot of everything that happened in this episode was all stuff that we've talked about. You know, like there wasn't really any surprises. It was just confirmation. Like, okay, cool. They're going to do this. They're going to do this. You kind of like had an idea. And I think just to really see that second episode of where is this show going? You know, yeah. it's just maybe I'm just my, me being impatient, but I could have really used a two episode drop for this first one. But regardless of that being said, that's just me being nitpicky. I enjoyed yeah. here. I enjoyed the uh, Wes Anderson like Beetlejuice you know uh like after life of the the tva i enjoyed just kind of the the clinical nature of this police force of the timeline <laughs> and the tva I, the tva and i just i liked the way that they styled it and you know everything that they did of course was just dripping mcu and was a good time so i mean i i definitely enjoyed it and i i really can't wait for episode two Yes, I, I agree. Uh, everything about the show feels um, like another fresh idea from them, like uh, kind of in the vein of of WandaVision, just kind of like something you that we're getting from Marvel Studios that seems like something we never thought we would get from them, something so different, uh, not so like following a formula, not to say that that's a bad thing, but like Falcon Winter Soldier just felt like a straight up Marvel movie we'd already seen before. Uh, it was fun. You liked it. But this and WandaVision just have like a different feeling. They like trigger a different, they trigger a different set of, um, you know, just thoughts coming up, like more thought provoking uh, content. Mm. And that's just super cool to me. I'm glad they're doing stuff like this. Like you said, the sets are really cool. Uh, the TVA, the colors, you know, the drab colors, like the browns and the yellows. And like, it looks all sixties and seventies, like all that is, is super cool. It's just like, it's, it's fun, man. It it was a fun, fun episode. Yeah, absolutely. So now we're, we're going to dive into spoilers here. So if you haven't watched Loki, I don't know why you would have clicked play on this episode because I'm sure it's going to be named something along the lines of Loki episode one (laughs) spoilers. So, but if you haven't, for whatever reason, you've gotten this far and you have not turned us off, definitely hit the pause. Make sure you go watch Loki. It's like a tight 45 minutes. Get in, get back to us because here comes the spoilers. Uh, so this, this show opened pretty much exactly like we thought it was going to open, which was pretty much re-showing what happened in Endgame. And when that version, the 2012 version of Loki, grabbed the Tesseract and disappeared. And then as the tr- previews and kind of a lot of our predictions went, is that he went to the TVA and to the, that group who wanted to try to fix the timeline. But we did get a lot of information from the TVA talking about basically Marvel introducing their singular timeline and the idea of there is no multiverse it's the tva is there to control time and to make sure that nobody creates a multiverse due to and they basically went into the whole talk about the secret wars and talking about the multi timeline war that happened at some point you know and i'm i'm wondering if that's going to come back into play with the eternals as the eternals is the story that's going across time, I wonder if they're going to touch on the multiverse war. 
That'd be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that is my one of my main takeaways from this show is I like that it's seems like it's the first step in transferring like we're post Thanos now mm-hmm. and every everything to come um, has been up in the air question mark like we we didn't get really any answers about what the future of the MCU looks like as a whole from WandaVision or Falcon those are just kind of like their own self-contained things even though they may you know reverberate throughout others other projects but this feels like a step in the Loki feels like a step in moving on to what's next as far as post Thanos. And we kind of got our answer. Like you just alluded to that. um, We're going from infinity stones being involved in every movie to now is every project coming up going to be timeline based and like, you know, timeline heavy multiverse um, multiverse heavy, and I like it. I think it's a, a cool route to go. Um, you get to play around. They'll get to play around with a lot of different ideas using that. And I mean, we already know that the Doctor Strange movie has multiverse right there in the title. The Spider-Man movie is supposedly very, very heavy multiverse. Uh, you got Ant-Man called like Quantumania. That has to has to have something to do with this timeline stuff. Um, so, yeah, that them setting up the TVA I feel like they're going to be an organization that we're going to see beyond this uh, show they might be like they're like the new shield kind of thing maybe hanging around Owen Wilson might be popping up and other things and just sidebar yeah sidebar for him he's he's fantastic who doesn't love some Owen Wilson I hope this like sparks a revival for him uh, because we haven't seen him in a while but uh, yeah him and him and Tom Hiddleston playing off each other like they have a great on-screen chemistry and like great ban- banter between themselves so i really appreciated that um and then just to backtrack to what you were saying towards the beginning of this episode us getting the scene where we see loki what happens to loki immediately after um he disappears with a tesseract i liked even before that the scenes that they were showing from the first avengers movie mm-hmm. like which was clearly deleted scenes and bonus yeah that was that was like super cool when that was happening i was like what i was like well there's no of course my brain works slow sometimes it's like there's no way they just shot this this is like a deleted scene from the avengers <laughs> but it was just it was just cool to see see that i was right. it's clever very way. entertained yeah yeah for sure clever way to use uh, it um and and when you're talking about setting up the next phase you know post end game we just watched a decade worth of movies was it 23 movies or whatever they did to build up the infinity gauntlet and these stones and then our one of our first big steps to see what's coming next and we just show that the tva just has a drawer full of infinity stones and they use them as paperweights so it's just like what is coming if the infinity stones showed i mean like caused so much damage across the the mcu what are we heading towards now when yeah. they're just using them as paperweights and they're like, Oh, this is nothing for us. That's, yeah. I mean, geez, what, what's coming, man. That's setting up a crazy, crazy, uh, big bad man. Yeah. And you can see the moment like Loki's heart sink when he saw those. And it's like, this is, this is what my entire, uh, you know, mindset and career as a villain has been about is these stones and you guys just have them sitting here in a drawer just all nonchalant yeah. um 
Yeah, it's crazy. It seems like they were collected throughout different timelines and stuff, and they don't even care about them. So that was definitely a, um, a fun scene to see. Like, wow. So, so like, what does that mean we have on the way? Like you just said, that's a perfect way to say it. Like, what could possibly be on the way if, if the Infinity Stones mean that little to this group? How, how powerful is the TVA, actually? You know? I mean, it sounds like they control everything. Um, when when Loki was arrested at the TVA and they were putting him on trial, you know, he was trying to blame the Avengers for jumping time and that they're the reason, and they even said the Avengers were supposed to do that. That was part of it, you know, so they really kind of even almost cleaned up any plot holes that might have been from Endgame, basically saying, why is, you know, anybody who's already aware of who the TVA is, you're like, well, why are they allowing them to screw around with time? Because Marvel where DC wants to go heavy with their multiverse and their multi earth one, two, three. And they're, I mean, DC loves their multiverse. Marvel has tight plans as their multiverse exists, but they try really hard and have a lot of stories of people who want to keep a multiverse from not existing. Yeah, that's true. And that was, um, laid out pretty clear with the, uh, video in there about the timekeepers, uh, introducing us to the timekeepers as the group that I guess is the ones trying to maintain the timeline. Um, yeah. So that was cool. The, the, I don't know, should I get into my timekeepers thought right here? Yeah, man. Or... You were, you were, before we went on the air, you were talking about the timekeepers and all those theories and I haven't even heard them yet. So I'd love to hear them again, man. Yeah, just the thing, reading people's thoughts on this episode, you know, it raises a lot of new ideas in you that you might not have thought of if you looked at some things. And uh, one of the thoughts going on here is that the timekeepers are going to be heavily involved in this show, clearly, but also possibly moving into the future of the MCU. Um, and the the character that everyone keeps talking about out here is Kang, the Conqueror, who for those familiar with him, he is a prominent uh, Marvel villain from the comics, a like, you know, Thanos level threat uh, often pitted against the Avengers and whoever else. Um, and we haven't seen him yet in the MCU, but he has been cast um, a few, I don't even remember how long ago it was, but it came out. It was just kind of an afterthought, not really an afterthought because it's cool, but uh Marvel Studios cast Jonathan Majors as Kang. Um, you may know him from Lovecraft Country on HBO, like the main protagonist in that one. I watched that show. I liked it a lot. He, he's a, you know. Atticus, he was, he was yeah, awesome. Yeah, a really strong actor. And he's been in a lot of stuff. He's kind of like one of the it names going on in Hollywood right now, getting a lot of stuff. So I'm glad he's hopping in with Marvel, see what he can do with them. But yeah, cast who's, is. Who's not? Who's right, not? right, everyone is, who isn't. Uh, but King, he was cast as Kang, and the original report was that he was going to make his debut for Ant-Man, the Ant-Man 3, whatever they're calling it, the Quantum, I was going to say Quantum of Solace, Quantum. That's, a James, <laughs> that's a James Bond movie, yeah, yeah. Quantumania, um, yeah, was supposed to be Kang as the villain, but uh, Kang, if you're familiar with Kang, as powerful as he is, it's hard to believe that he would just be simply used for Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. And then, so then we got this first episode of Loki, and a lot of people were noticing some some strong Kang, um, 
like tie-ins going on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sent the middle timekeeper. If you look in the in the video, looks a lot like King. Dude, he really does. He looks a lot like uh, Majors. Yeah, and they made him kind of look like Jonathan Majors, like the face, just like the facial features. Yeah, and uh, and he just looks like the character of King. And then if you go to the scene where Loki is on trial with the three faces of the timekeepers in the back, the middle one looks like King as well. Um, And King is heavily used as a villain who uses the timeline to his advantage as like a weapon and uses it, you know, he has different versions of himself throughout time and, and is just one of these, those kind of guys. So I could totally see this being a a way to bring Kang into the MCU before Ant-Man. Uh, if you if you go back, Marvel's done this before, where they introduced they introduced Thanos before Josh Brolin was even cast. Mm-hmm. Like we we saw a Thanos before even Josh Brolin. So if they've decided they want to use Kang as like the next big bad, um, they could totally do it in this show. And um, Jonathan Majors has been cast long enough where if he wanted to do a little quick cameo in this show by the end of it, I would not be surprised. I would think it'd be totally cool if they did something like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It it got me excited reading, reading all this Kang stuff. So do you think, though, that because of that, if, say, let's run with that theory for a minute, and if that is Kang, that is, I mean, and like I said, looking at these pictures now, and definitely look it up, I, for whatever reason, found an article on menshealth.com, why they're writing about Loki, I'll never know. But <laughs> it gave me it's all the information health. I needed, yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's for, you know, it's imperative for men's health to learn about Loki. <laughs> Um, but it makes me wonder then the TVA, you know, are they bad? If he's, I mean, if the way that it's being portrayed right now, if that is Kang, then this is Kang being a villain. Mm -hmm. So then is everything that's happening on Loki now technically villainous? It's possible. Um, I still don't know. Yeah, totally. We we don't know if the timekeepers are still around, have they said? Or we just saw that know, cartoon. Right, that's all we saw. So there's still a lot of questions to be answered about the timekeepers. So I guess we'll have to find out more as we go along. I mean, the TVA doesn't necessarily have to be bad for King to be that timekeeper. Maybe he goes rogue or he's something I don't know. There's still a lot of questions to be answered. It's just a fun little you know, planting the seeds for, for the future. And I, I hope this theory is right. I know there's been the, the theory with WandaVision, like it's Mephisto, it's been Mephisto. And that never panned out into anything. Yeah. Um, um, so this could just be another one of those, like fans hoping for something to happen that won't happen. But for this one, I definitely, I mean, we know we are getting Kang. Exactly. But, so that's why it makes it a little more feasible. Um, and like you said that, Go, just go look at that the picture and and tell me that doesn't look like the guy. So we'll you'll see. Have to, we'll you'll see. have to use that in for the Twitter image, right? You'll have to put him <laughs> in one of the little boxes for this that picture. Yeah, well, you just gotta make sure I give it enough days so it's not too spoilery. But uh, yeah, right. We're not those guys. We're not those guys. We do not want to be those guys. <laughs> uh, so then, after Loki kind of realized, oh shit, this is all real because he spent the first half of the episode being real, we were introduced with Owen Wilson's character, Mobius. Yes. E-Mobius. I, I want to say really hard not... Or Mobius M. Mobius. 
Yeah, something like that. I I always make sure I'm not going to say Morbius or something. Yeah, I want to say Morpheus. Right. uh, Morph from the X-Men. But (laughs) basically, he's also on his own mission because he's jumping through time looking for variants and realize that there's actually a variant out there that is killing agents of the TVA. So he's trying to solve his own mystery and his own case. And then when he realized Loki was arrested and being on trial, he kind of showed up and basically kind of became the governor's phone call at the death penalty here. And when Loki was about to be evaporated, which once again, let me ask real quick. The idea is that Loki is a variant. So then he's kind of lost in time or this whole thing happened. So they needed to capture him so they captured him then they put him on trial then the idea coming out of that trial is they're going to vaporize him and make him go away so how does that fix the timeline because don't they still need a loki in 2012 to go forward to do everything that was going to happen if you take that loki away then the avengers (laughs) 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 am i back to the future in this i shouldn't i shouldn't dig too deep like if I go back and solve my own murder, would that <laughs> cause me to never be born? Yeah, Do there, I become a... my own grandpa? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. With timeline, man, it gets very convoluted sometimes. It's so hard to uh... time travels a bitch. You can't. Yeah, there's, there's it's no hard to untie that's all why, that's, you know, that's why so many you know physicists have said it's physically impossible. But regardless, Owen Wilson is out looking for someone. He thinks Loki can help him, so he wants to get to the bottom of Loki. And that's kind of what this becomes is Loki opening up and realizing he's kind of not the most powerful. He's not. There are things bigger than him, and he needs to kind of figure out how he's going to survive in this realm you know in this new existence that he finds himself in and that was kind of where they left us with this episode mostly except for the big final twist at the end is that the variant that is killing all of these agents and running around is a variant of loki so supposedly supposedly Supposedly. so they kind of dun 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 us yeah you know we didn't see him we just saw some dude in a cloak so we don't know they didn't fully give it away what version of Loki is this? Well, we'd have I mean, to find if it, out. If it is. If it is, that's what Mobius says that it is. Um, and our biggest clue to who really is doing it is this, the first scene with Mobius in that church with the dead agents when the kid comes in who's apparently saw who did this. He's like, who did this? And he pointed to the wall and it was like a picture of a devil mm-hmm. with the with the horns. And I was like, okay. So later when they're talking about Loki, I was like, okay, maybe he saw, if it is Loki, maybe it's Loki wearing the giant big horns Loki's known for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that could be like the devil he saw doing it. Um, But also the ending scene with the guy in the cloak is supposed to be this variant Loki and they don't show us his face. I think they do that on purpose. Um, If Why wouldn't you show him his face? Right. If it was, if it truly was the Loki variant, what is the surprise later for him to just like flip the hood off and be a different Loki? No, I, I think it's something else. Something else is going on. Um, but yeah, that was a cool way to kind of end, end the episode. But uh, a lot of unanswered questions there. We'll we'll that's we'll find you, out all of it. That's how you do an episode one, man. You gotta you gotta ask all the questions and leave us to sit here and speculate and give us something to talk about. Yeah, man. So like, what? 
what are some things about this episode that stick out most to you? I know you mentioned some stuff about like the Nexus. Did you like those, the Nexus tie-ins uh, with stuff? Yeah, yeah. It was really interesting to see because I know if you jump back to like WandaVision, I enjoyed the idea that this Loki and WandaVision were very tied. We talked about this before. We watched WandaVision. It was really kind of like original. It was different. It was It was fun. And then we hit Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which was fine, but it was more like what we were expecting, like just MCU, you know, rollicking through a field of, you know, superhero violence. Fights, right? Yeah, it was fine. It was entertaining. It was a good story. I enjoyed seeing. I'm, I'm not, I'm not shitting on that in any way. But coming back now to Loki, it feels like okay. Now we're moving stuff forward. Where, like I said, as we always knew, and I mean, we kind of ultimately, especially if you have any comic book knowledge, you kind of have an idea where all of these series are going or what the point of all of them is. You know, Hawkeye, I'm sure, is the point of handing off Jeremy Renner to Kate Bishop. You know. Uh, Haley Statfield or whatever her name is um mm-hmm. you know it's like let's hand over the mantle like Captain America or Falcon and the Winter Soldier was let's get Sam the shield this but Loki and Black not Black Widow uh WandaVision are very more setting up something bigger and they're setting up something and this is the stuff that's really interesting to see what they're doing but they actually had WandaVision had those commercials which almost makes me want to go back and watch WandaVision you know just to see those commercials a little bit closer yeah but if you go back to WandaVision episode seven, there was a commercial for Nexus antidepressants. And then in that film strip, commer- like cartoon and Loki talking about the timelines, they talked about a uh, Nexus, what was it? Nexus, Nexus beings, who, Nexus the people beings. Who, who disrupt the timelines. And in the comics and historically, Wanda is known as a Nexus being because she screws around with timelines. And she, I mean, and even if you look at what Wanda Vision, what she created, the hex that she created, I mean, that was screwing with time. She was taking all of these humans, all of these people off of their path that they were predeterminedly on, unless you want to just go and say the Time Lords allowed it to happen or whatever. Um, or Time Keepers. I get very confused with Doctor Who with this, but... <laughs> um, but then, you know, it's like, well, that had to be done on purpose that they're having the Nexus antidepressants showing that you have this Nexus being in Wanda who is depressed because she lost vision, but she's still a Nexus being who by the end kind of becomes chaos incarnate. Mm-hmm. And then now we're being told about Nexus beings and timelines. It's just a really kind of clever little Easter egg there that I think they hid in there that I was reading about later because I did not catch it because I'm not that clever. <laughs> yeah. I, I read about it later too. I like the I like that connection. It's kind of connecting the two shows. Um, if there ever was a Nexus being, I would just, Wanda. I guess is one um, who can disrupt things. Like she's a disruptor in the comics. She's the one who you know killed or made all the mutants go away just by saying no more mutants, and then we didn't have mutants for for a long time. So she's like super so powerful. Yeah, she's a she's super powerful and. Um, she, she, I'm sure she's on the TVA's radar, needless to say. Um, maybe even Doctor Strange. And uh, that movie and this show are going to like be kind of fluid with each other, I think. A lot of what we get in here is going to set that up. Uh, maybe even what's going to happen in Spider-Man, because Doctor Strange is in that movie. So, yeah, I, I like all this, uh, all this setup and all these connections that we're getting here. Everything kind of is just flowing. What what do you think is the overall 
I dropped Oops. my I dropped my fiddle dice. <laughs> um, what do you think is the point of setting up a multiverse? For just just the MCU in general, like because I mean they could have easily just picked a big bad, a new someone mm-hmm. new to come down from space or someone to do anything and change. Now they purposely picked. You know, whether it's Kang, whether it's whatever they're doing, wherever they're headed, but it's clearly multiverse. I mean, we've now had WandaVision, which is definitely heading that direction. We already know Wanda is going to be in Doctor Strange 2, which is titled The Multiverse of Madness. Now we're at Loki with the TVA. Now clearly, and then all the rumors of Spider-Man. So clearly we're heading towards a multiverse situation. So now what... Is it just that they picked Kang or is this an idea of, hey, let's, like you said, bring in multi-Spider-Mans from different companies? Sony, is this a way for them to bring in X-Men and keep the casting for the X-Men and not have to worry about that? Like, are they choosing this because of just that idea of being able to mix franchises just on film or do they have a bigger idea in place? Or do you think it's just that's just lucky, you know, happenstance? No, I think it's I think it's all done purposely and the reason to play with it and this is the same thing I think of why comic books use it so often is just because it makes the storylines like kind of unlimited. You mm-hmm. can kind of go you can kind of go anywhere with it. You can only tell the same story so many times like um you know I'm trying to think of a, a a big Marvel villain who could have been the next bad, who would have just been like more of the same stuff. You could have just like been like, here's Dr. Doom or something. And he's going to terrorize everybody. And here's, you know, all the movies, why we got to stop Dr. Doom. Um, Dr. Doom could have been though. Yeah. I mean, he still might. I this, These King theories are just that theories. We don't know that that's going to be true. He could uh, just be, King could just end up being a throwaway villain in Ant-Man it could be and and dr doom is gonna i'm sure be in the fantastic four movie which is supposed to cap phase four um so he could be i don't know but i'm I'm getting off my point but like um i just feel like it offers a lot of chances for them to do some different things you can use bring back characters if you want to I know we talked about that, like no one ever stays dead, but the using timelines and multiverses away where like, you want Scarlett Johansson back in these movies? Use the multiverse. You want Robert Downey back in these movies? Throw him in the multiverse. Throw him in the timeline machine. He's, yeah. he's back. Chris Evans decides he wants to come back. Hey, now we got two Captain Americas running around. Like this makes all those things possible. Um, so I, I think that's just kind of like their main reason for, for choosing this path. I like it. I think it's it open. It has a lot of like possibilities and and uh, um, a lot of interesting things can happen here if they're really creative and and I feel like that's what they're going to do with it. Yeah, you just got to think of all the possibilities. <laughs> so, does this make out of when you look at what's coming in Phase Four of the MCU? Does this make Doctor Strange 2, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, is that the most important movie that we can see on the docket as of right now? I mean, it could be as far as where we stand right now. Um, depending also what happens in the Eternals, we don't know what that's going to do. Uh, but Black Widow feels like it's going to be pretty straightforward. Shang-Chi is like more of a street-level 
kind of a story of it's just going to be that guy's story. I don't think that's going to have too much to do with like the over encompass. That's just going to kind of be bringing him into the arena, like a potential new Avengers member. Let's start this new roster. He's one of the new guys coming. Yeah. So that'll be there. Eternals, like I said, who knows what'll happen. Spider-Man is going to be the key to what the idea of what we got going on, like what's going on in the future. This show clearly is too. Um, and the first thing to do it, but Spider-Man is going to be really where we're going to be like, okay, this is what's going on uh, with the MCU. Cause I think Dr. Strange, is that the next one after? Dr. Um, Strange is February. Right. So Dr. St- by the time we get to Dr. Strange, we should really have a, a good idea of what's going on and be like, all right, this is their focus. They finally told us this is what phase four is. Um, I think by then we should know. So yeah, that's kind of like the first checkpoint I would say in us, understanding what yeah understanding what phase four uh and moving forward even beyond that is really about so do you think we see anything in black widow uh is black widow still black widow was still set to come out after endgame after spider-man yeah i know there were you know timeline issues saying that that was going to be a in between civil war and whatnot but it still was a weird movie to place where they place so is it just something they just really wanted to get out or does it have i mean and there's always that speculation of does scarlett johansson find a way to come back to life in this movie is this movie being released now as part of phase four on purpose so do you think now especially you know is it just going to be awkward because now it's coming after these Disney shows where it was supposed to come before where now it's not going to play the same way as it once would or do you think there's actually something to it where it, this placement works differently Yeah I mean it's just yeah. it's just me getting hyped for something that's probably not going to happen but I just don't want to yeah. be hyped alone <laughs> Yeah No I get it I think they're they trying their best to connect all these in a in a way even if a movie just seems like a one-off like on its own it still finds a small way to connect so i think there will be something like that um the character what you'll have to help me pew is her last name what's what is her name Lawrence pew i don't know the character's name okay yes well she's playing black widow's sister what we've seen from the trailers and we can kind of tell she's going to be like the new widow whether Mm -hmm. it's like the the red widow or whatever they want to call her but uh she also has a cameo in another project and i wish i had that in front of me right now but i know she's going to be in another movie or show coming up i think it's um hawkeye i think she's going to be in hawkeye okay um so that's another way that's gonna kind of connect to other projects uh whether black widow has anything to do with the timeline thing we're starting now i i don't know um i guess we'll just have to wait and see but i won't be surprised either way so i guess we'll just kind of see what happens yeah and you know we're down to now less than a month for black widow to finally return super pumped to finally see that super pumped for more loki because we're gonna get i mean loki i think is still gonna be going on right yeah when black widow when Black Widow yeah. comes out, Loki will be in his like second to last episode that same weekend, I think. Yeah, because this was episode one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, so then, yeah, five. So then there'll be, yeah, it'll be Black Widow that weekend and then the finale of Loki that next Wednesday. That'll be crazy. That'll be a fun Marvel week. 
<laughs> yeah. right there. We'll figure out get what your, we're doing for that. Yeah, get your Loki in on Wednesday. You can watch Black Widow on Friday. Watch another Loki on Wednesday. Crazy. Sounds like a great time to me. So you got any final thoughts on Loki episode one, man? Ah, uh, man, I just I just loved it. I thought it was great. I'm I'm in it. I was gonna be in it anyway. Uh, one thing we kind of didn't touch on uh, that I really liked was just kind of transfer. Tra- it's trans. The Loki we're seeing in this is from Avengers one, mm-hmm. and nothing be nothing beyond that. Like, um, so this Loki didn't know anything about um, Thor two, Thor three. Uh, the all Avengers, of that growth, all of that, growth. All, the, all that. So the Loki we're seeing is like we've seen Loki growing as viewers from the first Thor movie up until his death in Infinity War, and he's kind of been like an anti-hero here and there, but he's like gotten better. Him and Thor seems like their relationship got good, and um, he more or less is like a guy you still don't fully trust, but like he's on that path to like the right side redemption. But this Loki in this show is like plucked straight out of Avengers. So he's more cruel. He's still got that villain mentality. And I just liked how this show took that character and like sat him down. And, and someone said right to her, Mobius was like, why are you doing this? Like, what, are, what do you get out of um, hurting people? And he was very, uh, once he realized, he was very defiant at first. But once he realized, you know, the TVA had more power than him and he couldn't go anywhere and he kind of had to face facts and he saw all these things playing out that his his mom kind of, you know, was killed because of him. And, and Thor wept over his body when he died and he saw the death he eventually has is like a heroic death. The growth now is like crazy. I'm glad to have this Loki um, in the in the MCU now, like plucked from Avengers, but he quickly learned everything, you know, about what happened to him. And, and now we're going to see where it goes. I'm just, I'm, I'm a big fan of what they're doing with, with the whole, with the whole thing. I like the idea. It's super original. It's super fun. Uh, Tom Hiddleston delivered a great performance. I think in this episode charismatic as ever, and who doesn't love Owen Wilson. And it, it was just a fun show, man. I can't wait for episode two. Yeah. Yeah. I'm super like I said, super pumped, ready to see where they're going, ready for more. And I absolutely agree with everything that you just said, which was so hard <laughs> to process. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's and a like I said, you start talking about timelines and just everything, just that idea of thinking that this is Loki from 2012 and this is a post-Avengers. And then it comes down to is, are they going to just try to cram all of that growth into an episode like was that him trying to grow for 10 years or is he going to be tricky you know is it still going to be that loki and he's going to fake it because he now sees what the future loki turned into and he doesn't want to end up the way that that loki ended up yeah they get to play around with a lot of those ideas so um I'm glad Tom Hiddleston agreed to do this. He's been in a lot of movies he could have easily said when they were like hey you want to do a loki show he could have been like no man I'm done uh, I've, I've done enough, but I'm glad he's back doing it. He's an important piece to the to the Marvel MCU still, and I'm glad uh, we have this show. I absolutely agree. Well, I think that's going to wrap up our Loki special coverage, issue one, whatever I called it at the beginning of this thing. <laughs> I'll get it right by next week. 
Definitely. And then we will definitely be back Wednesday for a new episode. We're going to be talking with the conjuring, uh, talking about the conjuring as well as sweet tooth issues or episodes three and four. So definitely make sure if you have not checked out uh, those two episodes, I'm sure most of you have already binged it by now, but Don and I are not bingers as we've said before. So episodes three and four sweet tooth, we are going to talk about as well as the conjuring the devil made me do it, which is now streaming on HBO. Now we're going to be joined by our buddy, Peter. And he's going to come and talk The Conjuring with us, as well as some of his thoughts on Loki. So you're going to get more Loki talk on Wednesday. So I'm super pumped and excited to bring you guys that. Make sure- Yay, Peter coming. That's fun. Yeah, that should be a good time. That should be. A, I'm, a, I'm super excited to do that tomorrow on Saturday. But until next time, make sure you like and subscribe. Follow us on all podcasts and social media services. Hit us up those five stars wherever you listen to podcasts. Give us those reviews. They help us out a lot. Make sure you keep following us on Twitter. Go to your friends' phones. Just pick them up while you guys are out hanging out and just kind of like our show. Subscribe it on their podcast, on their phone. They won't know the difference. And uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at raise the geek, shoot us an email at raise geek at gmail.com with any questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, anecdotes, anything that you want to share with us. And we might just share it with the world. But until next time, I'm Chris. And I'm done. Take it easy guys. We'll see you on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs>